Welcome back, everybody. It is the Oslo.com NHL DFS strategy show. Five games to talk about on this Tuesday afternoon as the schedule's kind of flipped around. Uh, we've got the, the heavier slates on like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, it seems like, and then the shorter slates Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, at least balanced. So not complaining, but I am Jake Hari. I'm joined by Slim Cliffy, Michael Clifford. What's up, man? I'm like, you're right about, about the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday things. And I think that's, what's kind of throwing me off because like literally right before the show, I, like I made a comment about, you know, chalk on short slates and you're like, uh, last night was a 10 gamer, man. <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah. Last night it was a Monday night, 10 gamer for the first time, like maybe ever other than like a special holiday yeah. that might happen or something. Yeah. The only other like slate that I can feel like, I feel like is, that big on a Monday or a Wednesday is like right before uh, American Thanksgiving. And like, so they do like all the games on Monday and Wednesday, but we've had a bunch of these recently. I've been doing some Monday shows with Terry and it's like eight games here, 10 games here, like six, seven for another one. So, um, you know, nice to change things up a little bit. No, nothing we can't adapt to and what's been a crazy 300 and what 75 days 80 days something along those lines um but hopefully you know we'll get back to normal pretty soon here you want to tell the people how you did because it was not pretty for me yeah i, I actually I, I started the slate pretty well because i had a fair amount of uh Kreider and kako i actually had some kako last night too um, just had them in the wrong lineups. Uh, you know, Vegas, I didn't have any Vegas too. I was trying to fade the chalk and, uh, when you fade the chalk and the chalk smashes, uh, bad things tend to happen to you. So, uh, just one of those nights where I was on most of the right teams, but I didn't have that one chalk filler that, uh, had a great night. And because of that, I didn't have a great night, but, uh, you just brush those off, uh, and you go, you go right to the next slate. And that's the beauty. That's the beauty of this season of NHL is like, you know, even sometimes in previous years, if you have a bad Tuesday, you go into a Wednesday, maybe there's only one or two games or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, not this year. This year, if you have a bad night on a nine-gamer, you got an eight-gamer the next, next night or a five-gamer or a six-gamer or something. So lots of chances to get right back in the game. And, uh, you know, with the, all the uncertainty and all that, that that we've had this year, I'd say that's kind of one of the bright spots of this NHL season is that, um, you know, if you want to take time off, you can take time off like you have in any other season. But if you if you want to stick on the grind day in and day out, um, that option is actually there for you this year for the first time, you know, not having to play showdown slates on Friday nights and stuff like that. So I'm kind of enjoying it in that sense. Yeah. I mean, every day is the same, but as long as we get five plus games most days, feels like uh, something that we can handle. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I feel like I haven't had a lot of like we did have a couple weeks right at the beginning, I think, where we had like. 13 games, two games, then 14, then one, then 15. Um, but after that, it's been pretty much smooth sailing, balanced slates throughout each week. So, uh, yeah, definitely a bright spot there. I got smoked last night, um, as you guys probably saw. If you, if you check me in lineup study, don't look at last night. It was ugly. I did not have uh, as much Vegas 2 as I would have liked, especially because they came in a little bit lower owner that uh, lower owned than we were expecting. And then I think the Rangers and Vegas was a pretty chalk uh, line of construction. So I didn't really get to a lot of that, um, but that's all right. Move it on to tonight. Congrats to uh, Kyle who binked the Q seat. 
he is an NFL guy at Osmo.com. So congrats to Kyle. I don't know if he watches these, but he posted a screenshot. He doesn't talk too much in the hockey chat. Just posted a you know a casual screenshot of him with the 15K value of the seat. Uh, just one lineup in there. He didn't even need the two and beat out 73 other entries, including two of mine. So he crushed it. I think he had Colorado one. I can't remember who his secondary stack was, but nice job there. Congrats to all the winners. And uh, we're going to move it on to tonight's slate. But first, if you guys could help us grow the channel, the easiest way to help us out is just to subscribe to the channel. You can also drop us a like. That makes me and Cliffy look good. And uh, we've got a bunch of NBA stuff coming on. So when you do subscribe to the channel, you hit the notification bell, um, you're going to get uh, notified every time there's an NBA show. There's PGA on earlier today. We'll have MMA. I believe that's on Thursday nights. Um, NASCAR. We've got college basketball shows right now. We've got everything. So subscribing is only going to help you out. It helps us out a ton. And we are sponsored, as we are regularly, by Jock Market. Um, they've turned Daily Fantasy Sports into a stock, a stock exchange you guys haven't heard they allow you to buy and sell shares of players in real time with uh with real money and guaranteed payouts uh for all shares at the end of the night our producer tyler who uh has been playing some on jock market i'm sure is very excited to get back after some time off uh dylan larkin is on the slate for him so we know tyler's going to be pumped up they've got daily markets in nba nhl and pga and uh, if you download the app, you can get started and use our exclusive Osmo promo code Osmo20 for a $20 deposit bonus on your first deposit. Again, this is exclusive to only the Osmo community, so make sure you take advantage today. Let's get started. Oh, there we go. I forgot about that. It's been a while since Tyler's produced the show I've been on, so forgot about the bell. Glad you guys got to hear that one. Let's go to the Devils. And the Flyers, we've got a 2.6 implied total for the Devils, 3.4 for the Flyers. Mackenzie Blackwood and Carter Hart are your expected goalies. Maybe Wedgwood for the Devils. I'm not sure. We don't know a lot about uh, tonight's slate in terms of who's actually going to be playing with who. Um, so I'm sure Cliffy's going to mention that a number of times. But is this one of the games that we're struggling to find lines on? Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is definitely one of those games where we're not going to know lines. Uh, Philly played last night, and on back-to-backs, there are two more teams later this slate that we'll get to that are on back-to-backs as well. Philly's on a back-to-back. On back-to-backs, teams don't skate uh, at morning skate, and when teams don't skate at morning skate, you usually don't get lines uh, until warm-ups. Maybe um, we'll get them uh, when because the, the coach does a ma- media availability about an hour before warm-ups, so maybe... Uh, sometime around five, you know, five thirty or something like that, we might get um, some some sort of line of confirmation. But the Devils didn't skate this morning either. Uh, we don't know what their lineup is going to be. And the thing with Philly, why it's such a big deal uh, with Philly not knowing their line combinations, even though they played last night, is that Couturier is admittedly injured. The team said that, um, and it's apparently a, a hip injury. <laughs> and hip injuries in hockey are not a good thing. Uh, just look at, you know, Tyler Sagan, uh, Nikita, uh, was it Nikita Kucherov had a hip injury as well, or was, I think, I think so. so. Yeah. yeah. Like these, uh, I'm not saying that they all have the same injury, but we've seen hip injuries keep players out for months. Uh, and we've seen players play through it. Like Sagan played through it. Um, not Sagan, Jamie Ben played through something like that, like three or four years ago. And look how long it took him to get right. It took him basically yeah. two years to recover. Um, so like, 
again, we don't know if Couturier is that bad, but the fact that it's a hip injury and the fact that um, he was basically, uh, you know, a warm-up addition last night tells me he's nowhere close to healthy. And in fact, if you look at the top line, like it hasn't really been super elite this year. Like 54.8% expected goal share for Van Riemsdyk, Couturier, and Farabee. Like it's good, but this isn't what we're typically cl- used to seeing from Sean Couturier. Like we're used to sh- seeing, um, you know, like 95th percentile outcomes from Couturier. And we're just not really uh, seeing that from him so far this year. Even if you look at his defensive impacts, like his defensive impacts isolated from the rest of the team, uh, this is uh, by Evolving Hockey, by the way, which is a wonderful stats website um, that we use and you can subscribe to if you want. Um, his expected goals against impact is right around league average this year, which is that's not anywhere as close to Sean Couturier level. He's still good because where he's coming from is so high. Like he's one of the best two way uh, centers in the AHL, in the NHL. Sorry. So his high is so high that even if he's bad, he's still good. But I I think we have to make note that when you're paying, you know, nearly $7,000 or whatever for Sean Couturier, you're you're not paying for the Sean Couturier of last year, that it's a different player. So that's kind of what's keeping me a little away from Philly one here tonight is I'm just worried about the Couturier injury. And like, I, if people want to stack Philly one, cause it's a great spot. Like there are no matchup concerns with New Jersey um, that I can see like, there's nothing that would really worry me. And the fact of the matter is, is uh, they used Couturier against the depth last night. Um, that's the big thing to take away from the game last night against the Islanders is Couturier matched up mostly uh, against the what would be effectively the Islanders' third line with Pajot and Wallstrom. Like, it seems like the coaching, like your coaching staff has been using him as a shutdown center for years. And the fact that they're using him against third lines now I think that's just another data point in favor. I mean, maybe they could just want to get him away from tough matches, but I think it's just a data point in favor uh, of him being injured. So, like, again, we don't like to talk uh, and say, these, hey, these guys are injured, don't play them on the show, because it can really uh, color the way you look at them. But I think you have to really need to keep in mind, like Austin Matthews up at 9K with his wrist injury, do you want to pay nearly 7K for Sean Couturier with a hip injury? I'm probably out. And I'm going to wait to see what our ownership says on the second and third lines. Our ownership uh, is, you know, it's kind of it walking. It just got updated like okay. two minutes ago. So Okay, that's good to know. Um, <laughs> I see the update. Actually, I think it pushed uh, Kevin Hayes even, even higher yeah. in ownership. Um, so that was the thing coming into this slate is I wanted to stack Philly too, but then I checked the ownership earlier and Connecting and Hayes were both well over 20%. And on the latest run, <laughs> they're both near 30 percent uh so i think i'm gonna dip down to philly three voracek and Giroux with limblom um limblom i know he might seem like a third wheel but i think he's a really good player like he's probably a better defensive winger than he is an offensive player and i'll fully admit that but i think he's still um playing with talented enough players that he can get something done so i am in on that philly three uh, line the Philly three ownership they've been really good in a small sample I mean it's not a sample that's big enough to speak about really um, but you know 64 yeah. percent expected goal share in what would be about three four games of ice time so I'm in on Philly three on the New Jersey side uh, I do like some of the devils here actually um, I'm going to be in probably like we don't know what the lines are going to be so this is assuming 
that this is what the line is going to be. I'm going to be in on Hughes, Brad, and Palmieri. Um, if Couturier is not going to be used in a shutdown matchup, there's no matchup from Philly that really scares me. Even with Lindblom playing with Giroud and Voracek, if that's a matchup, it still doesn't scare me that much. Um, Lindblom's good, but he's not great. And the Flyers defense has looked absolutely awful for the last couple of weeks now. So uh, I really like Hughes and Brat with Palmieri. Um, I'm main, mainly using going to be using Ty Smith on the blue line, but I, you know, I don't have a problem with basically using any of him or Severson or, or Severson, pardon me, or Subban. So that's probably where I'm going to go with the Devils, Hughes, Brat, Palmieri, and with the Flyers. I'm probably I have a ton. Of, I will say I have a ton of Hazen connect me right now. I'm going to wait to see if the ownership goes down at all. I don't su- suspect it will, so I'm going to move a lot of that probably to Philly three, Giroux, Borchek, Limbaugh. I think there's no doubt Philadelphia is going to be one of, if not the chalkiest team on the slate, if because they've got three playable lines. I, I think we're probably going to see the ownership uh, tighten between the Giroux line and the Hayes line. So I don't think like we're going to have Hayes projected at 30% or close to it. I think he's going to be more like 17, 18. And you'll see the Giroux, uh, Voracek, Lindblom line come up a little bit. Because right now they're only at like 2 or 3%. So maybe some kinks we're still – working out there with the ownership as the day goes on. But um, yeah, I mean, I like Philly, but at at these ownerships, um, especially with Couturier, you mentioned he's hurt. Like, I don't like to, you know, be the anatomy tout on this game, but like a hip injury, like, I don't know. That doesn't really seem good for a hockey player. You mentioned the guys that have gone through that. And especially coming off a back-to-back, like there's got to be a chance, like a non-zero chance that he just doesn't play or warms up and he can't, he can't go. That's the thing I should have mentioned too. Like, I think there's a realistic chance he just doesn't play at all. So, yeah. So, I mean, it makes even more difficult on the back-to-back. Maybe you get some unique lines if, you know, things get shuffled up, but them not going up against Hughes, Bratt and Palmieri, if that's going to be a line. Uh, I think is very favorable to that, that devil's line that you mentioned. So I like that. I don't think I'm getting to a ton more on the devil's side, maybe a filler line. Uh, that Zajac line has good offensive numbers, pretty terrible defensive numbers, but they're, they're super high event and uh, they're cheap. So might get to some of them um, on going back to the flyers really quick. Uh, I like the third, like, I don't think it's a third line, but Jeru Voracek and Lindblom, um, I think they're probably going to come in below 10% or around 10%, uh, assuming people don't treat them actually as a third line, and I hope they do because then it's just more for us. But uh, that's the line I'm, I think I'm most interested in tonight. Um, defenseman, you mentioned Ty Smith, 3,200, power play one quarterback. We're expecting some ownership on him, uh, understandably so. And then on the flyer side, I like Philippe Myers a little bit for 2,600, probably going to play. 18 to 20 ish minutes. Um, that's going to be the guy I think I get to a little bit of, but not a whole lot to speak of on the Flyers blue line for me. Yeah, I'm just mainly correlating the Flyers with the right lineups like Goss Despair or Provorov. Like Goss Despair is with the Hayes and Connect and Konechny and Couturier guys, and then Giroux and Boracek, you'd be playing uh, Provorov. Just one thing, uh, just real quick, I wanted to mention the reason I said Hughes, Brad, Palmieri, Hughes and Brad this year. 151 minutes together, 2.9 expected goals, 4 per 60, 58.7 expected goal share. And they're adding Kyle Palmieri, who's at worst a great second-line scorer. So it's not that we're just throwing out a recommendation for the heck of, you know, playing some Devils. It's that they've been good this year. 
Yeah, I like it. So hopefully they stack up that line and they don't get Couturier in. I think that's a spot that's coming in at uh, really reasonable ownership, especially on the last run. We're seeing the highest owned guy on that line at 9%, which is Paul Mary. So uh, I like that if they're going to be under double digits. Yep. Uh, and that's the only game that locks at 7 Eastern. So we got four more with a lot of uncertainty. So make sure you get those lines right. But you, if you're going to be playing a lot of lineups like I am, uh, hopefully you don't have a social life and <laughs> you can just swap uh, for the rest of the night. Because we got two more coming up at 8 p.m. Eastern at 8.30 start. Uh, and then the Avs and the Yotes later at, uh, what is that, 10, yeah, 10 Eastern. So uh, the games are staggered at least after the first couple lock. So we've got that. And it's not Detroit on the uh, staggered start. It's an actually couple good teams, Tampa and Dallas, Stanley Cup uh, rematch there. So. Um, yeah, not going to, not going to complain about the schedule tonight. Although I wish we just had some more information on the rest of these teams like Florida and Chicago 3.4 implied total for the Panthers, 2.8 for the Hawks, Chris Dreiger and Kevin Lankinen are your goalies here. Um, you know, I don't know that we're expecting changes for the Panthers. They've been, uh, it's been kind of a revolving door on this top line with Barkoff and Verhege. So we're, I'm, I'm playing it like it's Duclair right now. It could be Mason Marchman. It could be Frank Vitrano we've seen up there. It could be Noel Achari. I, I have no clue who they're going to have up on that top line. I think Duclair is a pretty good guess. Um, the problem is if you go with him and it is Vitrano for whatever reason, that's a $300 difference. So um, we'll see. But what are you thinking on the uh, Panther side? And then I have no clue what the Hawks are going to do. Like absolutely no clue besides Kane and Debrinkat probably going to play together. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. So with the Florida side, I think I'm just going to do what we've always done. I'm not as certain as, as uh, other people might be that Duclair is on the top line. They've really like, since Duclair's gotten back the last few games, they've really been giving him the short end of the, of the stick. Like I think uh, his first game back, he started on the fourth line, moved up to the top line. And then his last couple games, he started on the top line and eventually got moved back down. Like, since returning, he's played 12 minutes, 9 minutes, 9 minutes, 16 minutes, 11 minutes. So, like, <laughs> they're really – like, I, I understand wanting to play Duclair because he is along – he's probably going to start at least alongside Barkov, but it, it's a question of how many shifts he actually plays there. Like, do you want to play Duclair if he's gone by, like, the 10-minute mark of the second period? You know what I mean? Like – that's kind of the hard part with playing him. So that's why, like, I'm mainly sticking with Verhage. Like, I'm just sticking Barkov, Verhage, Huberto, Yandel, Barkov, Verhage, Hornqvist, Ekblad, Barkov, Verhage, Hornqvist, Huberto, Ekblad. Like, I'm just sticking Verhage with Barkov. I don't want to deal with that third wheel. For the, for one thing, like, it's been produf- productive, but not super productive, right? Like, Duclair is 14 points in 24 games. Like, that's a good season, but that works out to what? Like, a little under 50 points in in, in 82 games? Like, that's not great. Um, Mason Marchment, like, does he have a point yet? Uh, like, I'm sure he does, and I'm just being facetious here. He actually has no points in five games. Okay. Um, so, like, you know what I mean? Like, that revolving top door you talked about just hasn't been super productive. So, like, I don't feel bad about leaving – that third wheel off. Like, I feel fine about it. So I'm mainly focusing, like I said, Barkov or Hagee, and then 
like Hornquist and Huberto, Ekblad, Yandel, those four guys I'm rotating in with Barkov or Hagee. That's just kind of how I'm treating Florida. I, You know, the Florida third line is kind of interesting to me. They've been decently well. And the third line here, I'm talking about Lusterine and uh, Tippett and Vetrano. Uh, 1.9 expected goals for positive expected goal share. Um, they're going to see like the third and fourth lines from Chicago, which like there's nothing there. I don't know if I'd full out three man stack the Florida third line, but like Luce Ryan and Tippett, like if you want a, a super cheap two man to fit in with your Colorado, expensive Colorado PP stacks, I think that's completely fine. Uh, but I'm mostly focusing, like I said, on our typical uh, Panthers Jill stacks. On the Hawks side, I'm building as if Dylan Strom's playing on the top line. That's the way I'm building my lineup. And the reason I'm doing that is kind of twofold. Uh, one, uh, if he's and the way I'm building it is I'm leaving uh, Strom in the util, and the reason I'm doing that is because if it's not Strom with Kane and DeBrincat, I think it's probably just going to be David Camp again, and Camp uh, is the same price on DraftKings, so you can easily make that swap at lineup. Just swap all your Strom over to David Camp uh, if you need to. The reason you need Strom in your utility is Strom is a winger, Camp is a center. Uh, so you have to make sure you have your lineup set up properly or else you're going to be stuck uh, leaving somebody off the lineup. So that's what I'm doing with Chicago. I'm building as if Strom is on the top line. And if he's not, I'm just going to slide in camp and I'm just uh, I'm sticking mostly. I, I want I shouldn't say mostly with Bogfist. about half my Chicago lines right now have Bogfist. The other half have Connor Murphy. And the reason for that is Murphy's price is pretty reasonable at thirty seven hundred. Florida is one of the biggest shot shot taking teams in the NHL. I think they're fourth over the last month or if it's not fourth, second over the last month or over the last four weeks in uh, shots per 60 minutes. And Connor Murphy is a shot blocking machine. So um, I think this is a, a spot for Connor Murphy to get some shot blocking in. So if you want to get away from Adam Bockfist, who might carry a lot of ownership with Chicago, um, I think Connor Murphy makes a nice pivot there. Yeah, uh, and this is the tough one if you're trying to make a ton of lineups. Um, there's a lot of question marks on both sides. So I, I don't mind the call on adding Strom to your Chicago one-stacks instead of Suter or Camp, and then adjusting from there or just two-manning it. Uh, I, I think the more I look at the slate, the less confident I am that in like full stacks, uh, just like getting the correct line combos with uh, the way that this slate is set up. And so I think I'm going to have a bunch of two mans, or at least a portion of my lineups that are like three, two, one instead of like three, three or four, three, one. Um, and so what I'm considering doing is just putting all the Panthers top six guys on line one, and then maybe making some rules in FC to where like, if you play Duclair, you got to play Barkov. If you play Verhage, you got to play Barkov and then kind of just let that run. How, however it does. Um, because I want to get some of Huberto and Hornquist, I want some of this Florida team. Like, I want Barkov and Verhage, but uh, I think you're going to have to get a little bit creative because of the Duclair situation. Um, Florida three was the third line that I do have uh, written down, so I'm going to get to some of them for sure against the Chicago depth. I think the line I'm probably stacking, like full stacking the most of, uh, is um, on the Chicago side is the Camp Kubelik and Hagel line, just cheap. Kubelik, you've talked about him a bunch of times. Uh, we've got him at under 4% ownership. I think that's pretty good uh, in a game that's probably going to have some scoring. Um, I like Hagel a little bit for 2,700. He's playing on the top power play. 
at least on my sheet, he is. And so, yeah, it's Chicago's a mess. Florida is somewhat of a mess, but at least you've got Barkov. You can, you know what you can do with Huberto and Hornquist. Um, at least we kind of know the guys that we want to play there. We have really no, no idea what Chicago is going to do. So uh, two mans, you know, maybe stack like Kane and uh, Boquist, uh, Kane and Murphy, Kane to bring cat Murphy. I think I'll have some of that kind of thing going on tonight. And my, uh, my 150, by the way, DK increased their price point on the MME tournament. So you got to fork up what 20 is it 2250. If you want to max out that tournament instead of 1500. So, uh, I, I was hoping they wouldn't do that, uh, for NHL, but, um, they have moved to that at least for tonight. So maybe they'll change it back. But uh, yeah, I saw some of that talk on Twitter today, and I kind of agree. I wish they would kept it at the ten dollars price point. Do you do you play in that ever? Uh, well, I'll throw twenty lineups in sometimes, but I'll yeah. never max it. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's it's an extra seven hundred fifty bucks now uh, going from the ten dollars to the. Uh, the $15. So I hope they don't keep that around, but every once in a while, I think that's fine. I'm sure some people in chat have some opinions on that as well. Uh, anything to put a bow on this one, any other defenseman, Dahan, maybe a block shot bonus guy, 3,300. You mentioned Murphy. I like that. I think yeah, he's very cheap on FanDuel too. Yeah. I don't mind Dahan. Um, the only problem for me is his minutes have kind of started to take a little bit of a beating um, 17, 17, 18 in his last four. So uh, that's kind of why I'm leaning more Murphy, but no problem with either. Is it uh, Gus Forsling night, or is he too expensive at 3800? I think we're still fine. Um, he's playing enough minutes to support that price, right? That's the thing. It's not if he was playing 14 minutes, then I'd say no. But if you know if he's going to play close to 20, like anywhere in that neighborhood, then yeah, I'm fine with it. Yep, I am fine with it as well. Let's go to Detroit and Nashville. 2.5 implied total for the Red Wings, three for the Preds. We don't know goalies just yet in this game. I've got Grice and Saros penciled in. Uh, in very light writing, could be easily erased. Uh, and then I saw Granlin is expected to return. I don't see him on the lineup builder just yet, but I'll get him in there if it looks like he's going to play. Uh, I would imagine he probably slots in uh, Pitlick's spot, right, with Yarncroc and Arvidsson. Uh, okay, yeah, you're, you're nodding your head, so it sounds like that's what you got as well. But uh, – Nashville probably going to be pretty popular. I'm not seeing them ridiculously like Philadelphia Flyers level popular right now, but I think they're going to pick up some ownership, especially if there are uh, two stackable lines with Granlin in there on that uh, line too. So take this one where you'd like. Yeah. Um, the Nashville Predators official Twitter account um, said he should play that Granlin should play. Now, <laughs> <laughs> we we've had enough games this season to know that uh who should play and who shouldn't play doesn't really factor into anything once yep. once the warm-ups come so them saying he should play doesn't really just seeing him on the ice in a non-contact jersey <laughs> with one game off told me that he was going to play so um whether he's in or not um, them telling me he should play doesn't really sway my opinion anymore. Um, but I love that Nashville second line tonight uh, for that reason is I think a lot of people are just going to stay away from Granlin. Like there's still no real confirmation that he's in, right? And he's still carrying the tag on DraftKings. Um, maybe that goes away eventually. But, you know, there's only three and a half hours till the, uh, till the slate locks. 
Um, so that's why I'm kind of going in on Nashville three. I can't imagine that um, we have a ton of ownership on them. Like, um, and they've actually played reasonably well together. Uh, but the, I think the biggest reason for using them here tonight is the matchup, right? Um, they'll probably see a fair bit of that second line from Detroit. And that second, like, they'll, they'll see the middle six mostly. But it's the that's and the second line from the, like neither line is really anything to worry about the Detroit second or third line. But that Detroit second line is down near like I have it written down 35, 30, 35.6 expected goal share. Like that's just it's terrible. Like I think that I think Nashville too, Cali uh, Yarncroft, Michael Granlin, and uh, Victor Arvidsson, who have been great in a very small sample. Um, We'll just completely run them over. And it's not shocking that they've been great in a small sample either. Again, we have to let this, you know, flesh itself out. But Granlin and Arvidsson have been good together. So the fact that you throw in Carly Carly Yarncroft, who's a good two-way winger, and that they're still a good line, uh, doesn't surprise me. So um, I think we see, like, I'm going to wait to see what all of our ownership says. Uh, You know, we have the top line, Johansson, Tolbinen, and Forsberg is fairly highly owned right now, like somewhere in the teens. Um, we have the Yarncroc line uh, quite a bit lower, um, under 5%. We'll see what – I have to think that's even – that could be even lower, uh, assuming people aren't in on Grandland, right? So yeah. um, I'm really big on Nashville. The question is really what to do with the Red Wings side um, because our ownership on the Red Wings is pretty high. We have them as one of the three most owned uh, – lines on the slate with two flyers lines. I imagine that might come down a bit, but you know, people love to play uh, and you can speak to this. People love to play um, Dylan Larkin, especially, but people love to play correlated lines, right? So um, anytime you can get correlated lines, I think people are going to play them. The problem with Detroit one um, Larkin is still PP two, but I think the fact that um, we have Fabry and, um, Mantha on the same power play unit with a very cheap Dennis Cholowski is what's going to drive some ownership there. And I want to talk, like, we'll get to the defenseman in a bit. I think that's a downgrade on the blue line uh, for that power play unit going from Juice to Cholowski. So that's kind of like another point against them. Like, I still don't understand where this ownership like is really coming from other than maybe some game log warriors. Cause I know like, like Fabry had a big game a, a couple games ago, uh, He's had, he has five goals in his last five games, so I assume that's where it's coming from. But for that reason, I'm out on Detroit. I'm in mostly on Nashville, too. Yeah, I think Detroit ownership is definitely going to come down, um, probably closer to like 10% than 20. We've got Larkin and Mantha just because of the low total. I mean, I think when people do play Detroit, they will play Larkin and Mantha for the most part. You're not going to see much of anything on the, the Meskoff line or certainly not the Rasmussen line. So. If you like a Detroit depth line tonight, uh, you're not going to get lower ownership than this. Um, it's not like Nashville's been super impressive uh, for us, and like you can definitely target against them for DFS. I'm fine playing some Larkin, Mantha, and Fabry, uh, but it's probably going to be a bunch of Larkin, Mantha, two mans, and maybe leave off some Fabry. Um, it's coming off the hat trick. Like I don't know. I'm I'm not a huge believer in this trio just yet. They've been fine. But um, I think there's it's probably just tough enough of a matchup where I don't feel great about them, especially if they're going to be one of the more popular fillers along with those Philadelphia two and three lines. Um, 
a little surprised to see the ownership low on Johansson Forsberg and Tolinen. Uh, but man, I, that, that has to come up too, I think. And so I'm going to gravitate, I think, to the second line with Granlin, Yarncroft, and Arvidsson. I like the Granlin Arvidsson duo that you mentioned. Yarncroft's fine too. Like he's not someone I intentionally leave off for 4,000, uh, especially playing on a decent line and going up against that Detroit depth. So I think I'm on mostly the same page as you for defensemen. Uh, I know he doesn't really do anything, but just pointing to a guy that I was getting to some, uh, Troy Stetcher, 2,800, a guy that I'm going to punt with, I think, a little bit tonight. Uh, and then I like both Ekholm and is it, is it Carrier or Carrier? I'm assuming it's Carrier based on his Alexander spelling. The yeah, Preds. I'm pretty sure it's Alexander Carrier. Carrier. Okay, Carrier. We've got him projected for uh, low ownership. Uh, at home, I think his ownership projection is broken as well. So 5,700. I would imagine he gets up into the double digits. So um, we'll see where he lands. But at home right now, my highest owned guy uh, on the slate, uh, any position that is. I feel pretty good about him, even though a uh, little worried about playing the Nashville one plus Ekholm uh, foursome. I think that's going to be uh, more popular than what we're showing right now. Anyone else you want to mention here? Um, yeah, just want to mention um, the Nashville penalty kill is something that I think can be taken advantage of, but I don't know where you take advantage of it from Detroit. Like the Nashville penalty kill has been atrocious since the Ryan Ellis injury, injury 29th by expected goals against um 26th by actual goals against like terrible since his injury i just don't know where you take advantage of it from detroit like am i gonna start rap like do i have to roster michael rasmussen like a <laughs> is it adam ernie oh, night again? Oh. like is adam ernie popping a couple genos like i think that's <laughs> i think that cause something like that kind of makes sense like playing one-off Gagne or one-off you know bobby ryan or something like that if you want to take try to take advantage of a bad Nashville, a terrible Nashville penalty kill, but you don't feel good about stacking uh, Detroit depth. Uh, I have no problem one-offing somebody like Bobby Ryan to try to, you know, get that power play goal, but uh, I'm pretty uh, tepid on Detroit as a whole here tonight. Yeah, you mentioned <clears throat> Gagne and Ryan, uh, both 3,800. If you if you get to those guys as one-offs in a portion of your lineups, that's fine. I don't have any issue with that. Those guys at least have decent shot rates, uh, even though they're playing on some pretty dusty lines right now. Um, all right, I think we're good on that one. Haven't mentioned the free premium content for today. We've got the NHL projections. So uh, if you are not a premium member, but you want to see what's behind the paywall, at least one tool, NHL projections are going to be available for everyone today. NBA projections as well. So we're playing some NBA. We've got a ton of shows coming up. After this, our normal three hours of uh, before lock content, as well as the late slate tonight. I believe that's at eight or uh, nine Eastern, eight my time. Also, PGA ownership projections. We had a PGA strategy show this afternoon. Uh, we had a first look show yesterday. We've got a bunch of short form videos coming out as well. Uh, but if you want to get a peek at the ownership projections for the match play, we've got that uh, unlocked for anyone who wants to see it. Um, all right, let's go to Tampa and Dallas. We've got a three implied total for the Lightning, 2.4 for the Stars, Vasilevsky and Anton Hudobin. Uh, by the way, can you hear that, like, whatever's going on outside? Um, is that picking up, getting picked up on my mic? Can no, you... I can't hear anything. Some oh, construction okay. going on? 
Sounds good. Yeah, I don't know. I think someone's like mowing their lawn, but I'm in Minnesota and it's not <laughs> even April yet. So I don't know what that would be. But okay, if you can't hear it, then we're all good. Stars Lightning, what do you like in this one? 8.30 p.m. Eastern start. Yeah, so the first thing to mention is that uh, Kiviranta is out. Looks like he's going to be out for a while. Um, and Ty Delandria is expected to skate on the top line with Jamie Benn and Joe Pavelski. This is where we throw in the caveat of game time decisions because as like Rope Hints skated this morning um, for Dallas, if I'm not mistaken, Alex Radulov did not. That would at least kind of indicate to me that Radulov probably isn't playing tonight and that Hints probably is. But, you know, the coach said, and we've seen it play out over the last few weeks, Hints and Radulov are game time decisions every single game. So you can make your lineups with them in or out right now, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be in or out in four hours' time. And that's kind of the problem here, um, is that when that game starts, it's one of the last games of the slate, right? There's only one more game to start after them. So if you're stuck uh, with a scratch, Rope Hints, um, you know, you're probably going to have to dip down to somebody uh, on the same line or on the same team, maybe like a Jason Dickinson or, or something like that. Um, there just really isn't a lot that you can do or, you know, just swap over, you know, to Arizona completely or something like that. There just really isn't a lot to do uh, if you have a bunch of hints in your lineups and you get to that game and hints isn't playing. So just be aware that like if, if hints was playing tonight with Buryanov, I'd probably have a little bit of interest, Mm -hmm. but it's not like, uh, like I know it's a five game slate and we have to talk about all the teams and all the lines and all the teams have some level of interest because the slate is sh- so short, but there's outside of Colorado. These are probably the two best defensive teams in hockey, right? Like right up at the top, like both in the top yeah. five for sure. And um, Dallas takes a ton of penalties, but um, Tampa Bay, like they've been good on the power play, but like they haven't been, super elite on the power play um as of late anyways like still top five just not like you know blowing the doors off like florida was earlier uh in the year so like it's it just seems like a tough matchup like the top line for tampa bay is going to see the radic faxa line for the entire game and that takes point clorn and stamkos completely out of the running for me i don't want to say it takes them- real real quick isn't faxa a game time decision yes he is Okay. Yes, but you're so, expecting him to play. I'm expecting him to play, but that's okay. another. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's another, another fun one. Right? Yeah. Like if if I knew he was out, um, I would definitely be in on on the Tampa top line. They'd probably be my highest exposed line. Actually, like I don't want to say that the whole my whole slate hinges on one guy, but it does kind of hinge on one line. Like it is a ba- it is a really good shutdown line. Dallas has one of the best in hockey. So like. You know, that would push me down to like Tampa 2, Johnson, Sorelli, Palat. But you're not really getting into good matchups when you're facing Ben Pavelski and Delandria or something like that. Like those yeah. are still good lines. So, like, I don't really have a lot from this game, believe it or not. Like e- either side from the forwards, I just don't have a ton. Like, I'm not a believer in Tyler Johnson. Like, I don't think Tyler Johnson's very good. I think he's like his, I don't want to say his career's winding down, but there's something going on. Like we mentioned it before, he didn't even make this roster out of, you know, out of camp. He was sent to the AHL. He was put on waivers, right? Like this is not a guy that they think too highly of. Um, Sorelli, he's a wonderful defensive center, but he's not quite the 
top end offensive center that that brain point is yet. And then Andre Palat on the other side. So like, I guess if you want to go down to Tampa three, I have no problem going to Tampa three tonight, but Tampa one, I think is in a terrible matchup. Tampa two, I don't think is a great line combination and that pushes me down to Tampa three. So if you want to put in Tampa three with your Colorado's or whatever, I think that's fine, but I'm probably out and yeah, I'm going to be out mostly on Dallas. The one thing I will mention on Dallas, um, if Radulov plays, that line is within $1,000 of Tampa Bay's line. So if you can leave yourself a little bit of slack on the blue line with a defenseman or something like that, um, you can stack Ben Pavelski, Radulov. And if Radulov is out, you can just switch it over uh, to the Lightning. So that's uh, one possibility. But honestly, I just don't want to deal with the Stars here tonight in a terrible matchup. And the Lightning are in a terrible matchup of their own. So I really don't have much for forwards here. I I have some interest uh, in like one-offing some of their power play guys, like one-off a Palat, if you want a one-off a Stamkos in case that power play does go nuts, uh, that's fine, but that's probably about it for me. Oh, we got a nice message here in YouTube chat. It says uh, Kevin says, you guys are a great resource. I won the 333 DK on Saturday night, so that's probably either 10 or 20K, so congrats to that. Last night, top four finish, so uh, just raking Kevin is, it looks like. says, let me know uh, what social media love I can give you. Yeah, we have an account called uh, at Osmo NHL. And uh, that's some more good free, uh, another good free resource, including uh, the show and the, the YouTube channel for all our other sports. So if you want to go give us a shout out there, feel free. That's pretty impressive. A uh, couple top four finishes with the win in the last few days. So that is not easy to do at high stakes. So congrats to you. Thank you for the kind words as always back to this game. You mentioned it, man. Like the, it's just, it's really ugly. And even if we knew who was going to play, if this were any bigger of a slate, I'd probably just cross this one off. I think it, it's more than likely going to be a defensive battle. But if there's no hints, if there's no Radulov, and maybe most importantly, if there's no Faxa, like you can make a pretty good case for Tampa, three implied total. They're fully correlated, top line. And it's like, well, their their top line is just not going to be at the same ownership as like, you know, Kane and Debrinkat, uh, Barkov, like I, I think Philly one's going to probably be higher than them as well, just based on their total and price alone. And they're probably gonna get squeezed out of the Colorado range, a Colorado one range as well. So I think I'm a little bit higher on Tampa than you. I hate that Dallas doesn't take a lot of penalties, but when they do take penalties, they've been pretty bad at killing them off. Uh, we know that Tampa has uh, a pretty good uh, power play. In fact, where are they at this year? Okay, they're at 28 point six i would have said top 10 but they're they're second right now uh for the season so maybe you take some stabs at tampa one at uh, reasonable ownership plus headman if you can afford it uh you're not getting the colorado one if you click those four guys in so that's another thing um it's it's one or the other with tampa and they're just not in as good of a spot but the ownership uh is bringing me a little bit over to them i also like the third line I mentioned a couple of times I'm doing some uh, I'm doing some three, two ones. So I think I'll get to some Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, two mans. They've priced them up a little bit for the first time in forever on DK in like maybe one of the worst spots of their season. Uh, so they're nine K to stack together. That's not the end of the world. Still do uh, still do like getting to them a little bit. And then Dallas, I, you could, cause you could just be like completely screwed if uh it is Radulov in and you have Delandria 
Uh, like that's a huge price difference. You you could swap from Hints down to Dickinson. Maybe he plays with Yurianov and Robertson again. That's what happened last game. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think the Dallas side is more tilting to me. But Tampa takes a ton of penalties. So, you know, maybe you want to just power play stack their good players and swap down if you need to. Um, I don't know. I think I'm more interested in the Tampa side, though, even uh, considering uh, they're getting a little bit more ownership on their top line. But I, I think that's a good point. I think either, either either side, either way here in this game, I'd probably power play stack some sort. Um, I think, um, you know, Tampa's been drawing a lot of penalties lately. Um, if you look at their time on ice per game played, top uh, fourth over the last month and that's despite them scoring a ton of goals like he talked about how good their power play's been like that's the time is is cut short uh from them scoring goals and they're still top four uh by time on ice per game uh, at five on four in the last three or four weeks so um yeah i think if you're gonna go with tampa or dallas i think the only way you can do it is power play stack because there could be especially on the dallas side there could be changes coming yeah chernak 3700 and alexiak you know, are they are they options for you in the three to four K range on DK? Oh yeah, the big rig Alexiak is always uh, in range <laughs> for me. Um, I I love that guy, man. Like, you know why I like that guy is because he was kind of pigeonholed as a certain type of defenseman, and he's completely changed his game over the last two or three years. And I I really root for players like that, guys that that revolutionize themselves so that they can stick around and keep playing longer. I have a lot of respect for guys like that. So I'll, yeah, I'll keep playing Alexiak. I love that guy. Yeah. I, I like it a lot uh, for 3,100. So he's going to see his 20 minutes. He's probably going to, you know, have some chances at block shot bonuses here and there. Um, you know, underdogs, maybe to see a few more shots and he's got uh, some extra opportunities there. And then he's got a little bit of offensive game as well. So he doesn't play on the power play and that usually scares some people off of him. But uh, this is the price where you want to play uh, a bunch of them, I think, on a five-game slate where you might need some salary relief if you're going to play uh, some some uh, good skaters in this next game that we're going to talk about. Colorado, Arizona, 3.4 applied total for the Avs, 2.1 for the Yotes. Maybe Jonas Johansson, uh, who got a pretty rousing endorsement from Kevin Weeks the other day. I'm sure you saw that. Aiden <laughs> Hill. uh Probably going for the Yotes after it was Ranta last night. These two teams played just 24 hours ago. Uh, so at least we have a pretty good idea of how matchups are going to go. Maybe Arizona tries to switch things up. I think we both are hoping, though, that Schmaltz, Garland, and Keller remain together uh, and on that top power play. But uh, how are you attacking this one? I, I feel like you got some hot takes coming here. We haven't talked about this one yet. I just, I wanted to bring up that quote. I actually wanted to read it because it's a really good quote. This is Kevin Weeks. He's a former uh, NHL goalie himself, uh, now an NHL reporter. Uh, he said, Jonas jo- this is when Jonas Johansson was getting traded from Buffalo to Colorado. Jonas Johansson is likely going to Colorado, uh, according to Kevin Weeks. Oh, sorry. That was uh, what the Buffalo reporter said. Yeah. The Buffalo reporter said, I can say without hesitation that the Avs are getting the worst goalie I've seen during my 19 seasons covering the Sabres. And there have been some bad Sabres teams there for the last decade. So uh, he's not throwing that out uh, very lightly. Um, Now, I would think that the Colorado avalanche would give Grubauer a little bit of rest. Cause like Colorado can cruise to a playoff spot. Right. But they're in a fight with uh, Vegas for the top 
uh, like top seed and top seed. Like, I don't know. It depends how they view it, whether it's important or not. It'd be the difference between playing St. Louis or playing uh, Minnesota in all likelihood, um, whether or not Los Angeles gets it. Anyways. um, Yeah. Jonas Johansson might be going. And that's what is getting me back to Arizona one is that he is a very bad goalie. And, Arizona won at the very least that the, you know, it is a back-to-back. We don't have lot, you know, com- confirmed line combinations, but all the lines stayed together through the entire game last night. So, you know, we have a pretty good bet that uh, Keller Schmaltz and Garland are going to stay together. Um, as far as line matching in the game goes against them, like it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I know Arizona likes to use, um, their top line against the depth, but like all of Colorado's three lines are pretty good defensively. So it's not like there's a great matchup here, but um, I'm, I'm just going right back to the Arizona top line. Cause I'm not a believer in Jonas Johansson at all. And I don't think Arizona needs 30 shots to pop three or four goals here tonight uh, on this goalie. So um, I am back in on Arizona one, especially where they're all perfectly correlated. Uh, you can play chicken if you want with them or not. Uh, I am not, uh, playing a ton of chicken here tonight just because uh, of that Colorado penalty kill. Um, the col- I'm wondering on the Colorado side how much ownership there's going to be on their second line because that, that price has come up quite a bit, right? Like their second line is almost 16K now. Mm-hmm. That is a very expensive second line where only one guy is getting any meaningful power play minutes, right? So like – they're almost priced as a pseudo top line, which kind of scares me, right? Like that's a, it's expensive for a top line. The one thing I will say is that if let's assume this is kind of a blowout for the Colorado side, or let's say Colorado wins this game by four or five goals or something like that. The second and third liners are going to get more ice time than they normally would. Just look at the game last night, right? McKinnon, Rantanen and Landeskog, I think they all played under 19 minutes for sure. They are all under 20. Like the the ice time gets spread around when you play the bad teams. And that's what makes the lower owned players or the, you know, players lower in the lineup a bit more appealing. So I do, even though they're priced pretty expensive, I do have interest in Colorado too. I think I have one of them in my 20 lineups. And I even have interest in Colorado three. Donsko and Jost and Nichushkin. um, I think they make, like, I think it makes a perfect compliment for a Colorado onslaught, uh, honestly. So stack the top line with a couple guys off the third line, throw in McCarry and go about your day type thing. So um, that's kind of where I am with Colorado. I love the top line here tonight. Um, you know, I don't think I'm seeing anything groundbreaking there. I'm pretty sure everybody loves the top line here tonight. But I do like sneaking in that third line with a col- at, with a Colorado onslaught. So Donskoy and Nuchushkin with the top line or Donskoy and Joes, whatever you want to do. Uh, on the Arizona side, like I said, it's just back to Arizona one for me. And that's about it. That's that's about it for me as well on the Arizona side. Arizona one, I think they are a, a very good play tonight, though, especially with the backup goaltender in there. Without Grubauer, uh, they've really struggled. Um, the Colorado has just stopping pucks, even though they're not allowing that many shots. So I think Johansson is pretty tough to play here. Like you could correlate him with Colorado one, but then you you know enjoy your three twenty five hundred dollar forwards that you're gonna play. Because uh, Colorado won's 24K tonight on DraftKings. Throwing McCarr, uh, you're really struggling. You got 4160 remaining for three forward spots uh, and a defenseman and a goalie. So, Can I just say one counterpoint to that, though? Sure. How many people do you think are actually going to play Johansson, though? 
Like, how many people are going to put an 8100 goalie that's not confirmed on the last game of the night? Uh, I I think a lot of people use optimizers, so I think he'll get popped in there uh, okay. quite a bit. Like, okay. we're okay, so we've got him at seven point eight percent. I know the ownership's been wonky, but seven point eight percent right now. Like, I think that's pretty fair. I think he ends up somewhere between six and ten percent. If you can't tell, I'm trying to talk myself into playing Jonas Johansson tonight. I can't, like. I mean, they're just not allowing a ton of volume. Do you think they? Do you think that's, the volume's going to be there? That's the thing. It's shut out or bust if he plays, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe on the back to back, like, uh, maybe they're a little bit more lackadaisical defense. I'm trying to talk myself into this guy. I, I don't know. He's. It sounds like he's pretty bad, just from like a <laughs> hockey standpoint. But that has not ever stopped me from playing goalies before, and it was I mean, a, not stopped me tonight. Just, just look at Gustafson last night, right? Heck yeah. For us, baby. Yeah, he was good. Uh, good for DFS. You just need him to be good tonight. You don't need him to be good for the next 10 years. So right. You gotta remind yourself that. Um, I love what you said about Colorado three. I am right there with you. I, I hope the power, the lack of power play time gets people off of them. Um, and then Colorado two, just really good uh, five on five numbers. Prices come up. I think this is a pretty sneaky spot to uh, to slam them a little bit. You know, you don't need to get too much to get over the field. Um, when people go to Colorado, they like to go to the top line, and so do I. But um, I think I'm going to be dipping down to that second and third line very often tonight. So hopefully this slate is not over by the time we get to this game. Uh, this is one of the ones I feel the best about in terms of lines and, you know, just who's playing and, like, how, how I feel about the matchups. So Arizona won back to back. Yeah. It, it, I mean, you know, I say that and then probably Taze McCarr and uh, Sam Gerard will probably already be, uh, all be scratched or something. They'll just throw this one. Um, but yeah, not a whole lot to speak of on the Arizona side besides that top line plus Chikrin. If you want to go there for 5,900, uh, someone said something about, uh, Anytime delivery says it almost seems like the NHL ownership projections are being done by someone that spends all their time on NBA DFS. I think he's referring to Alex poking some fun at him. Hey, you're talking about a guy who's got a uh, live final seat this year. So Alex won his first NHL one. Um, and so, Hey, you, you got to take that back. I mean, this guy, this guy grinds some NHL. He hasn't been playing every slate, but he's been playing quite a few. And uh, if you remember the Jason Spezza night, <laughs> it's hard to forget the Jason Spezza night. Yeah. Jason Spezza with, uh, I think, a full Colorado or a full uh, Toronto stack. But anyways, he does play some NHL. We'll get those ownership projections fixed after the show. I will be uploading projections again. Those are going to be free. Um, so those get continued. Uh, those will be continued to be updated. Uh, easy for me to say. Anything else before we wrap this one up? You got a hat trick pick before we get out of here? Yeah, my hat trick pick for tonight is going to be Dominic Kubelik. Nice. I will take – let me see here. Uh, I like – I think I like Kyle Palmieri, 4900 bucks for him. So, hoping that's the case. Good luck tonight, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Hit us with a subscribe and like on the way out. And make sure you tune into the NBA shows coming up in just a few minutes. See you in 24 hours.